Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Tuesday, May 26th, 2020. I'm Shannon, and I am here today with Stacy, Sarah, Brooke, Kristen, and Natalia, and we are looking ahead to the books coming out in the month of June. And June is like a super huge release month. I have to yes. give a caveat. Um, because of the pandemic, a lot of publication dates are changing. So as of today, May 26th, all of these books are coming out in June. However, this is subject to change. So before we get started, I have the usual housekeeping information for you. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And now... I'm going to turn it over to Stacy, who will be followed by Kristen, then me, Sarah, Brooke, and finally, Natalia. I've been waiting for this book since last summer when Natalia and Shannon and I had the honor of interviewing Kristen Higgins, and she told us just a little bit about her upcoming book. And that book is now almost here. It is coming out on June 9th, and it is called Always the Last to Know. And what we're going to find out, we're going to meet Barb and John, who've been married for nearly 50 years. And they are so bored with each other, but it's fine. It's fine. But then everything sort of crashes down because one fine day, John has a stroke. And so, of course, both daughters, Juliet and Sadie, rush to the parents' side. Juliet, favorite and most beloved by Barb, her mother. And Sadie, beloved of John. And the two sisters have to sort of come together and, you know, kind of help out in the midst of, of John's stroke. So we have Juliet, who is a very successful architect, and she's married to a lovely British gentleman, and she has two beautiful daughters, and she has all of her stuff together. But then why is she ever more frequently going into her closet to have panic attacks? And then we have Sadie, who has to come home from New York, where she is a teacher and sort of aspiring artist. And she has to come back to help take care of her father. And she also has to face the man whose heart she broke at some point in the past. And that's all I know about this book, but just based on that alone, friends, I cannot wait to read it on June 9th. I've never been disappointed with a Kristen Higgins book, and this book appears to be no exception. So this again is Always the last to know all the family drama fantasticness by the ever wonderful Kristen Higgins. The goddess Kristen Higgins. The go yes, yes, the goddess Kristen Higgins. I'm so excited. I can't wait. My first book is called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And it comes out on June 2nd. Um, this is not my typical genre, but the description looks so good that I, um, I'm actually going to give this one a, a try. I'm looking forward to it coming out. 
Um, so this is about two African-American sisters that are twins. Um, and they are raised in this uh, little African-American town. Um, at 16, though, they attempt to run away. Um, and then something happens and their lives kind of diverge. Um, one sister is living with her African-American husband and child in the um, town where these two girls grew up. And the other sister who um, passes for not being African-American um, is living in a white town and her daughter also um, is white and her husband is white. And so um, they, it, it seems like they don't see each other for quite a long time. And eventually their daughters are going to come in contact with each other. Their paths are going to intersect and it kind of brings different generations of this family together. Um, and it, it, there's obviously some different, um, different ways that, you know, each, each girl has obviously grown up because of where they grew up, um, different customs and things of that nature. Um, so it, it looks interesting on how these two, um, I guess they're, they're cousins, right? Um, come together and, mm -hmm. um, and, and learn more about their history and how their mothers grew up and all of this. And so this, this is really outside of my normal genre. Um, but this looks really, really good. And I'm very interested to see, um, what, causes these two ladies to part because it says that they are inseparable as children and then you know as they grow older they obviously go their separate ways and live totally different lives um this does say that it is written from the 1950s through the 1990s i believe um and so I'm, I'm interested to see the, the difference over the years in this book. So again, this is called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, and it comes out on June 2nd. Bennett's writing is gorgeous. Um, her, debut, her debut novel, which came out a couple of years ago, is called The Mothers. And it is one of those books that you read, and you're like, wow, it's really hard to fathom that this is the first book that someone wrote i love books it, about twins I've seen and i think the name before yeah i love the idea I, of reading about twins yeah. who take such different paths right like you know one is passing yes. one is living um in her town and so you would think that that's going to cause a lot of really deep emotion um when they finally come back together again and a lot of chaos for both of their families that I need to read this it sounds like a really good book yes okay so let's step away from drama and discord <laughs> and let's talk about a bit of urban fantasy greatness so for quite a few years, it has seemed that Kim Harrison's Hollow series was wrapped up. Um, she wrote a prequel novel in 2017, which is called The Turn. But since then, we haven't really heard much from The Hollows. Well, now American Demon is out on June 16th. And this is in what looks to be a spin-off series called Return to the Hollow. So this is the first book. And I don't know a lot about this because I have not read all of those. I have like four books left to read. Um, but I was really sad when I realized that I was getting close to the end. So I kind of like slowed down my um, reading of this series so I could like let it stay with me a little longer. But anyway, so this is going to be American Demon, 
Um, she has released a couple of chapters as a sneak peek, but obviously I haven't, um, haven't read them. So if you're not familiar with the Hollows, it is a town right on the border of Cincinnati and Louisville. And it basically is supernatural beings live. So you're where you're like shapeshifters, your vampires, your witches. And our heroine is Rachel Morgan, who is a witch. And she is kind of a, a bounty hunter. She has a bounty hunting business with her partner, who is Ivy, who is Empire, and an awesome C named Jenks, who helps her out quite a bit. Um, this is a, a pretty complex, not going to tell you too much about it, other than that it seems really light and fluffy on the surface, but actually goes quite a bit deeper than you would expect. So I would definitely recommend starting way back at the beginning with one so that you can go all the way up and then scoop up American Demon Return to the Hollows book one by Kim Harrison on June 16th. I have been looking at this series for so long. You know how much I love urban fantasy. And I think I just need to like sit down and binge all of it. I've heard nothing but good about oh, it. I don't I know, know why. It I don't know why I never started So lovely. It. <laughs> yes. So the craziest thing happened to me the other day. I was um, just eating dinner and um, I just happened to have my earbuds in for my phone because I was reading a book and I got a Facebook notification that Susan Elizabeth Phillips, in my opinion, the goddess of contemporary romance who has stood the test of time for many years, was live on Facebook. Oh. And I, I know... And so I watched this whole live that she was being interviewed by somebody who worked at a, like a small, like indie bookstore in Chicago. And she was talking about her new book that I'm going to tell you the title of in a minute, but then she talked about a lot of her old books too. And it got me so excited that literally I've been on a Susan Elizabeth Phillips binge since the weekend. And, um, everybody pretend they're not hearing this. I have bought credits on audible twice. <laughs> so that I can continue buying the books that I, you know, as a younger person read on tape from the library and now I'm buying them all and like binge yes. reading them and they're making me so happy. And her new book is called dance away with me. And oh. I know I can't even <laughs> handle my life and it's coming out on June 9th. And it is the story of a young widow who is a midwife and she's just had one too many things happen to her in her life. I mean, she's a widow and she's young and she's a midwife and I don't know what happens, but she just takes off from her life and goes to Tennessee to a little mountain town on runaway mountain. And she wants solitude <laughs> and she wants to be left alone and she's just really struggling. But, um, all the people in this town make it very difficult for her to be solitary. There's this really interesting fairy tale sprite. I mean, they're really not a fairy tale, but it's probably like a young person. Um, an infant that needs her. These like really invasive teenagers who like won't leave her alone. And this reclusive artist named Ian North. And they together make her is it your husband no it's no her husband's dead she's a widow so there's a reclusive no, i said is it your husband oh no no my husband is named ian as well but his last name is not north and he is not a street artist a chalk artist okay just check street artist yes no if my just husband checking. were in this book i'd be a little worried because then he would end up with a midwife and then where would that leave me <laughs> Hmm. No, but if he were in this book, he'd be a busker. That's how he Ooh. would be in this book. Oh, yes. If Playing my husband blues. were, ah, yes, if were my yes. husband in this book, he would be sitting on a, on a street corner with his guitar case and he'd be playing slide guitar and singing the blues and he'd make lots of money um, because he's really, really <laughs> talented musician. But this is an artist and he's a street artist. And so 
this, this intrepid heroine is trying to decide, like, by running from her old life, is she really running to what she needs? And Susan Elizabeth Phillips, if you haven't read her books before, um, she kind of describes her style as a cross between um, contemporary romance and women's fiction. But um, her books, she said, she promises that even though sometimes they lean a little bit more towards women's fiction, you'll always be happy at the end. So dance away with me. Can't wait to read it. June 9th. I just wish it would hurry up and get here. So many good books coming out that day. So speaking of June 9th, the next book that I'm going to talk about, or I guess the first book that I'm going to talk about, it comes out on June 9th, and it is Stranger in the Lake by Kimberly Bell. And this book is about a 20-something-year-old woman named Charlotte, or Charlie, depending on who you're talking to. And Charlie, um, she was a gas station attendant, and she's from the wrong side of the tracks, which I always feel bad saying that, but that's what they say in the blurb. Um, well, she meets Paul, a 37-year-old rich architect, and they fall in love and get married. Well, now this town uh -oh. has a lot of gossip going on. And they're thinking that she's a gold digger. But also, Paul's former wife died. She drowned in the lake. And she was actually a really good swimmer. So people are very suspicious of Paul. Well, poor Paul. Because at some point a woman is found dead in the lake. And it happens to be right where Paul's wife was found. And the police, oh. of course, they automatically go and question Paul. And Paul lies. He says that he never talked to this, nor didn't know this lady and had never talked to her before. But Charlie knows that this is wrong, that Paul actually talked to the woman. She actually saw her talking to the woman. Um, she actually saw him talking to the woman uh, the day before. So now Charlie is questioning things and wondering, like, did she make a really big mistake in marrying Paul? Um, is there some secrets that are going to come out? So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Yep. <laughs> and this is Stranger in the Lake yes. by Kimberly Bell, and it comes out on June 9th. Love her so much. I know I loved Dear Wife. Oh my god, it was so good. Dear Wife, yes, yes. So, the first book I'm going to talk about today is the one I'm looking forward to the most, most, mostest, like they say. <laughs> this is because you know, I'm looking forward to all the books you guys have mentioned, but this is the one that I read the summary for and I really want to like now. So, this is The Lies That Bind by Emily Giffen. And this seems to be kind of different from anything else she's done. Um, so this book is about Cecily Burke. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, September 10th, 2001. <gasps> Ooh. And she's at a bar. She just broke up with her long-term boyfriend, Matthew. She's missing the Midwest. She's kind of like in a bad place right now. You know, she just ended this long-term relationship. She's wondering if she's ever going to make it as a reporter in the big city. She's missing home in the Midwest. And, you know, after a couple drinks, she decides maybe she should call Matthew and fix this. And while she reaches up for the phone to call him, somebody at the bar says, don't do it. You'll regret it. And this is Grant. And Grant and her forge an unlikely connection after a bunch of shots of tequila. They Ooh. kind of decide that, you know, they want to say goodbye to each other because, you know, Grant is just starting a new job. He's going to relocate. And Cecily doesn't want to deal with a new relationship. Because, you know, we all know what rebound relationships are like. But somehow they can't seem to say goodbye, except Grant disappears in the chaos of 9-11. And she finds a missing poster, a missing person, sorry, poster of him. And realizes that she's not the only one wondering where he is. So she's going to try and use all her investigative reporter instincts to see what happened to Grant exactly. And I'm just super excited to read this because it could be it could go in so many directions 
that I, I'm just wondering what direction it's going to go. So this is The Lies That Bind by Emily Giffen. It comes out June 2nd. I'm surprised that she's kind of writing like a mystery-esque novel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It could be like completely mystery or it could be, you know, like the um, women's fiction books that have a little mystery in it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. what what we thought happened was what happened all along and the main character was in denial and didn't accept it kind of thing. So I'm kind of curious to see where it's going to go and, and what are the secrets? What are the lies? Well, and really? I like books that take place around 9-11. So I think it would be, Me too. it's just such a, I mean, historical time now, you know, almost 20 years later. And so I think it's going to be something interesting to read about. For sure. I mean, we all remember where we were for 9-11. Yep. So every once in a while, I get a surprise about a book that I had no idea about. And that happened with the book I'm going to talk about. In fact, when I saw this book was coming out, I screamed out loud, like a loud, sort of strangled, awful scream that kind of sounded like the seagull singing in Little Mermaid. And I was really excited. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, you know, well, I forget his name. But anyway, so I'm like freaking out and right away I texted Scuttle. Shannon Scuttle thank you and right away I texted Shannon and said please 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 let me have this book please I'll do anything and this was months ago and then it was like months ago <laughs> I mean months ago and then pandemic happened and I haven't read a historical fiction book in what three months Shannon do you think which it was like my genre of oh, obsession yeah. for months well let me tell you on June 30th Oh, and P.S., this is historical fiction plus Karen Robards equals fabulous, I am sure. So, <laughs> on June 30th, yes. Yes. we will have the chance to read The Black Swan of Paris by Karen Robards. And, like, I am so excited, <laughs> even, like, right now, talking about it, that I could almost, like, get up and start, like, twirling around my room. Like, I'm we really, so excited. We really can't tell because your affect is so flat. Like, you don't sound excited know. at all. I mean, I'm totally I know. You're just like really out. bland about this whole thing. Right. I'm so excited <laughs> because this book is about occupied France in World War II and a beautiful young chanteuse or singer whose name is either Genevieve Dumont or Genevieve if you're French. Anyway, she is the unwitting darling of the Nazis. Now, oh, dear. She is also part of the resistance and very passionate about that. Yay. Then one day her estranged mother Lillian is taken by the Nazis. Uh oh. And she knows that Lillian will not hold out for long and will begin spilling secrets. And so the resistance wants Lillian silenced at all costs, including assassination. If that is the oh. only way. <gasps> But Genevieve cannot, you know, kind of go along with this plan, even knowing that her mother could spill secrets of the upcoming Allied invasion. And so she teams up with her estranged, you know, sister who she hasn't spoken to in quite some time. And they're going to go on this epic oh. journey to rescue Lillian and somehow save the day, all probably with a dash of, like, amazing 1940s singing and like French culture and knowing Karen Robard, some sort of like sexy Romance. sort of like anti-hero that you're not sure what side he's on. I'm making that part up because I don't even know. That's just speculation, but that's what I would expect from her. So anyway, I have not read anything by Karen Robards in a long time. That wasn't just straight like romantic suspense and there's nothing wrong with that, but holy crap. She wrote about world war two in France <laughs> with a singer and a plot. And I need this. So again, <laughs> in case you don't realize it, The Black Swan of Paris by Karen Robards, the, the Karen Robards who wrote One Summer and so many other amazing books comes out on June 30th. And I need this book in my life. There we go. You guys, wow. I just want to apologize for the fact that my sister... It's so boring when she talks about. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I but it's, like the think rest she just of like... us are just like. 
It's Karen Robard, you guys. Are about this book. My next book is called Sisters of Sword and Song by Rebecca Ross. Is that right? I love that name. I just looked at it. Yeah, um, you're right. So this, this comes out on June 23rd. And this um, looks really good. So this is about two sisters whose names I am not going to try to pronounce because I will hurt myself. And um, one of them has been serving in the Queen's Army. And um, she is supposed to be coming back soon and seeing her her sister. Um, But she shows up early and this kind of gives her sister a reason to be like, Hey, what's going on here? Cause you, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be here yet. You're supposed to still be with the, with your troops or whatever. Um, and so she knows that something's wrong um, and come to find out that her sister is on the run from her commander and um, being hunted and she's being Uh-oh. accused of murder. Um, so while she is on trial for all of this, um, you know, she's not immediately put to death or anything. Um, but when her sentence comes out, her sister offers to, um, to take on half of it. And in doing so, she learns that there are things much worse than death and so this is this looks oh. kind of like um um kind of like the the book i was so into not too long ago um sisters of shadow and light where the these two sisters theory, you know oh shadow and light okay mm-hmm. um where they you know they really come together one is taking care of the other and standing up for the other and um you know, always trying to back the other up. And I I love books like this. I love books that have family, you know, that try to help out family as much as they can, even if it means taking on things, you know, they would never do otherwise. So I'm really interested to see where this goes and what, what the one sister is on trial for, what she supposedly has done, and why her own commander would be after her for it. Um, so this is Sisters of Sword and Song by Rebecca Ross, and it comes out on June 23rd. It sounds like a really good book. I might have to check it out. Yes, it does. It it looks really good. So if you listened to our episode on strong family relationships, you may remember that I had a book, J. Courtney and she is a phenomenal author. She hasn't had a book out since 2017. And finally, this is being remedied. Friends and Strangers is out this month on June 30th. And it is the story of two women who are at very different stages in their lives. One of them is a former journalist who is now like living in a small town after being in New York for, for like a dozen years. And she's trying to raise a child and just sort of settle into this new kind of quieter way of life. She hires a college senior to come and help her around the house, do some babysitting, just give her a little bit of a break. And the two of them strike up a pretty likely friendship. After they start to kind of learn things about each other and about themselves. But then... The girl that is her kindred spirit Kindred spirit. is her boss's father-in-law. Yes, like Anne of Green Gables, only not my quite his favorite here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so she becomes really, really close to her boss's father-in-law. And I'm not sure if this is like a romantic closeness or if they just become really good friends, like I can't tell from the synopsis, but this apparently does not end well. 
and causes a giant rift between women and kind of upends both of their lives. I am always super captivated by Sullivan's writing. Um, I love the way that she looks at deep issues. She discusses faith in a way that I really love because she's not preaching at you. It's just sort of woven into her books in a way that feels really organic and so insightful. And it's not even that her books are considered inspirational. It's just she has such wonderful insight that I'm so glad that she's chosen to share with us. So this, again, is Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan, and it is out on June 30th, and I would like it right now. <laughs> but I can't have it right now. You have to be patient. And there are no arcs. Oh, Shannon, whatever no shall you arcs. do? I don't know. I'll have to wait. Oh, like everybody else. I don't wait well. <laughs> yes, like that. So anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with Grace Draven, like obsessed. And when Shannon sent me a text and said that Dragon Unleashed, Immortal Empire book two was coming out, I like seriously think I did like a jump and spin, like up in the air, like a, like a very immature, like, you know, what you do when you were a teenager and you found out somebody liked you, you kind of like jump into the air and spin. And it was very, um, <laughs> just, you know, very like immature, but I don't care. I just absolutely love Grace Draven. And, um, I'm not, I don't want to give too much about this away. Um, I know that it's not completely linked to the first book, but there are things about it. Just looking at the synopsis that links it to, um, her previous Immortal Empire book, but um, this book is Dragon Unleashed, Immortal Empire, book two. It's coming out on June 9th, and it is about a young woman who has earth magic, but um, in this fantasy world that they live in, in the empire, um, magic is very frowned upon, so you're not supposed to like demonstrate that you have any magic. And so she's constantly trying to hide the fact that she has these talents and she is living with a group of traders that go about and, you know, trade different artifacts and stuff. And her uncle is given a bone that is supposed to have come from, it keeps saying Dragos, but I think it's, it's really a dragon, but they haven't been seen for a century, but actually they are still around and walking among the humans and their magic disguises them as human. But um, the dragon in question in this book, whose name I'm so sorry, I cannot pronounce um, who is living as a human is going to, his magic will turn on him um, in pretty quick succession if he doesn't find something to help him out, which I'm guessing is going to be the bone that the, the, that the earth magic girl's uncle has. So he gets somehow hooked up with this band of traders and realizes that she's like a pretty powerful, they call her a grave robber earth witch. So I can't wait to read about her robbing graves. Cause I, it's so awful, but so interesting. And, um, so they are going to have to work together, but there is a powerful empress. And again, this is why you need to read the first book before you read this one, because the empress is in the first book, who wants to obtain a dragos or a dragon for her own sinister purposes. And she is not a nice person and she will stop at nothing to get what she wants. So the dragon her hero in this book who is the hunter is going to become the hunted and he needs to work with this young girl with earth magic to keep him safe. And if you've ever read anything by Grace Draven, her writing is so beautiful. Um, her world is definitely a fantasy world and um, her, her characters are just really rich. Um, she spends a lot of the book doing some pretty amazing world building and the romance in 
every book that I've read is kind of this slow burn. You know, they don't fall in love right away. They have to do a lot of things before they can really fall in love and they really build like a friendship. And um, I don't know how this book is going to be, but that's what I love about Grace Draven. Her books are just amazing. So if you like fantasy with romance thrown in, I would definitely pick up Dragon Unleashed, Immortal Empire, book two by Grace Draven coming out on June 9th. I will be buying it along with many other books on that day. I'm going to have to like save up all my money to get a million credits. (laughs) So the next book that I'm going to talk about is a book that I'm really looking forward to. It's The Swap by Robin Harding. And it comes out on June 23rd. So this book is about a girl named Lo, which is short for Swallow. And Swallow is from a very, um, I guess the best way of saying it is an interesting family. They're polygamous as well as living in an alternative kind of arrangement. And Lo really doesn't fit into her family and she really doesn't fit into her small community. So she just feels very alone. Well, one day she meets Freya and Freya used to be a social media promoter, but now she is the owner of of a pottery studio and Lo and Freya they become friends so I don't know if I mentioned but Lo is like 17 and Freya is an adult of some age that they don't tell you and they become friends and they start sharing secrets but then one day Jamie walks into Freya's studio and Jamie is around Freya's age So, of course, they develop a friendship, and one day they decide that they're going to have a dinner party. So, it's the two two women and their husbands, because they get along really well, and, well, this party happens to have magic mushrooms and alcohol, and you know (laughs) as much as I would, that not that I've tried them, but... Um, it could be a very interesting party. Well, Freya suggests that maybe Ooh, they should try be. out a, try a swap. And, well, they do. And some things happen. And, well, it doesn't turn out too well. And this kind of gives Lo the ability to get in, get in the middle of things and to kind of take her revenge because she's pretty upset that Freya's ditched her and she's now all alone again. So I'm looking forward to this because I really, really, really enjoyed the arrangement, which came out last year. And this book sounds like another relationship, like another alternative kind of relationship kind of book. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's The Swap and it's by Robin Harding and it comes out on June 23rd. I love the arrangement. The arrangement was so good. And this one sounds so good. So I hope she keeps, I I really hope she keeps writing alternative relationship books. Yes. So the next book I'm going to talk about is by a beloved author. And you might know her because she wrote Behind Closed Doors. And that book was just epically amazing. It's the best. Oh my God. Such a great book. I think my own mother said that it drove her so crazy she couldn't figure out what to read for like a week after that because <laughs> it was that good. So this is The Dilemma by B.A. Paris. And this book is about a birthday party. I don't know why, but it's so cool. The The mysteries that happen during birthday parties, they kind of remind me of, you know, like the mystery, murder mystery dinner kind of thing. Yeah. I, I just think it's really cool. So tonight is Lydia's 40th birthday. She's super excited. She's going to celebrate it in style, except something is missing. Her daughter, Marnie, her daughter, Marnie will not be there. And she is very happy about this, but she doesn't want her husband, Adam, to know because there's a secret. Meanwhile, Adam wants to celebrate his wife's birthday in style and give her everything and make sure everything is perfect. But he's going to find out a secret that is so shocking that he's going to have to make unbearable decisions. And we don't know what those are. I am dying to know. 
And if you are, you should pick up. Is the dilemma by B.A. Paris. And oh man, we have to wait so long. It's out on June 30th. June 30th is a pretty good day. Yeah, it is. It's a Lots big book day. Great things are coming. But June 9th. June, June 9th. 9th. That's a good day, too. Many of our books are coming to, out June 9th. That needs to happen tomorrow. I'm having trouble not bursting into song before I talk about my next book. Because I've been waiting. Okay, well, first of all, I've been waiting for this book for, like, over a year. Shannon told me about it. I don't even know. I mean, it was, like, last spring, maybe, of, like, spring of 19. And... I've been waiting. And then they kept pushing the date back, back and back and back. And then all of a sudden it was like, it will be out in June, 2020. And I'm like, June of 2020, like that feels like a million years away. So I want to like sing because I'm excited that it's coming out. But I, right? It's almost here. But I also want to sing because this, uh, this book uh, basically says it's like Les Miserables meets, meets Six of Crows. I don't know what Six of Crows is, but I certainly know what Les Mis is because it's been the love of my life since eighth grade. Now, if I were Natalia, that'd be about two years ago. But for me, it was a really long time ago. And I, <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited about this book. It is called The Court of Miracles, A Court of Miracles, Book One by Kester Grant. And I'll take a, collect- a collective gasp because it's a young adult novel. And I can't wait to yes. read it. And it comes out on June 2nd. I know, right? And it comes out on June 2nd. Wait, book- wait. Stop. Hold the presses. Stop the presses. Yep. What kind of book are you talking about right this minute? A young what? adult. Young adult, but it's lame is. Okay, I just wanted yes. to double check that I heard you correctly. You did. Sometimes Stacey, I can like... Stacy is speaking about a young adult novel. Okay, thank you. You can put it on the calendar, <laughs> uh, May 26th. Stacy is committing to reading something young adult. But anyway, I digress, as we all have been this evening. So this book, I'm very excited about it. It is an alternate 1828 Paris. The revolution has failed. So we have all of the, um, we have the upper crust. And they have a different name, but I'm blanking on it right now. Because what I can more focus on is that there is like the elite, the whatever, the royals or whatever. And then we have... The Nine Guilds, which are the underworld of Paris. And they are known as the Court of Miracles. And our intrepid heroine is Eponine Thenardier, otherwise known as Nina. Yay! I know. She's my favorite character in Les Mis. Has been since, you know, I was 13. So, like, two years ago. But anyway. She doesn't die. I hope so, too. So, Eponine Thenardier. That would be sad. I know. So she spends her life dodging her father's fists and stealing things because she is part of the Thieves Guild. But she also has uh, this need to protect her adopted younger sister, Cosette, otherwise known as Eddie. And Cosette, you see, has sort of developed this interest in the tiger, who is part of the Flesh Guild. And for some reason that I don't understand yet, because I haven't read the book, this is really not a good thing. And so Eponine has a choice to make. She, you know, has to try to figure out, like, how to extricate her sister from something that, to her, feels very unsafe. And so she ends up, like, at the court of, uh, oh, my God, XVII. Like, like, take this out, Hume. That's 17th, right? 17, yes. Yes. So she resumed. Yes. Hume. She ends up at the glittering court of Louis the 17th. And, you know, so she learns many things, but she has to make a very difficult choice. And her choice is, does she rescue Cosette slash Eddie from the tiger, thus inciting war among the guilds? Or does she do nothing and basically never see her sister again. And that, my darlings, is all I know about A Court of Miracles. The Court of Miracles, book one by Kester Grant. But all I do know is it's everything fabulous about my favorite character in Les Mis, Eponine, and I cannot wait to read it. Eponine, 
helped me pass going to my proficiency test. Ebonina, great. Yes. She did. How did she, she help did. you pass? How? Oh. <laughs> because in what way? Well, that was to, very kind of her. We had to write. <laughs> we had to, to show a writing sample for part of our like freshman proficiency test. And uh, I wrote yes. all about Eponine and how she was an amazing character and all of her strength. And I got the highest, um, not the highest, but like the, of my like four scores, like in the proficiency test, that was the highest score. And I wrote all about Eponine and I guess people really liked it. She's well, like my favorite character. Mine too. So on June 2nd. I'll be really upset this like if the second book in this because it's a duology if the second book takes as long to be published as this one did I don't know but if it doesn't like you know this took so long to come yes that if the second book takes as long I will be very very displeased with life so you are now I get to bounce and pounce and be happy because I have (laughs) saved the best book for last. So this is the fourth installment in the Psy Trinity series. God. So this is part of the Trinity arc. Um, And this is about Selinka, the Russian wolf pack leader um, who we met in Silver Silence. Oh my um, gosh. Um, That's right. And Ethan Knight, who is an <gasps> arrow. <gasps> and <laughs> all the empaths have come to Selinka's territory for a symposium, <clears throat> and she is not happy. And she knows that this is just a disaster waiting to happen. And so you know, the, the, the empaths are here, the arrows are here for, um, you know, protection and security. And oh. um, Selinka is just not thrilled. Um, and I got to read an excerpt of this, if you get the Nalini Singh email newsletters. And the, ex, the excerpt that was in that email was, I was like, this, this is going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, so, you know, the mating bond pretty much chooses its own person. Um, and when Selenka meets Ethan, that's, she doesn't want it to be so, but who can fight the mating bond? So nobody, um, this is about Selenka and, and no, and (laughs) Ethan and how they, come together and I I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the empaths as well because they came they became very very close to my heart and because I love the I'm a very emotional person and and read off emotions so I'm I kind of relate a lot to the empaths um but I I love the arrows I love the changelings um so I'm really looking forward to where this all goes and yes, I do too. I, I, I like them all, but I, I, I do too. Ivy and um and memory. I really want to see memory again. Yes. Um. So I really hope that these these ladies pop up in Sasha because I want to see what's going on with <coughs> Sasha and Sasha. Lucas. Um. But yes. But I I I am going to re. Uh, start my Audible account just so I can get a credit to go get this book today it comes out. So nobody call me. Nobody text me. I'm going to be off the grid. I don't care who it is. I'm so looking forward to this book. Alpha Knight, Psy Trinity, book four by Nalini Singh. And it comes out on June 9th. Oh my God. stellar I- book day. So my next pick is a book that Stacy is also excited about. Yes. And so I finished reading this yesterday, so <gasps> I'm kind of cheating to talk about it here. But this is The Last Train to Key West Yay! by Chanel Cleet. And it comes out on June 16th. 
And this is another set book in we've been waiting for. Yes, for a year. A year. She was our um, first author my- interview, and she told us all about this book last year. She was. And I've been yes, waiting ever like since then. The and I'm sorry I keep interrupting you, but like I just had to get my like exuberance out. Now you can talk about it yes. happily. But I just had to say I've been waiting ever since our very first author interview to hear everyone rave about this book. All right, go. Sorry. Yes, and it was so, so good. So this oh. is set in 1935, Florida, over the Labor Day weekend. <clears throat> and apparently um, – During that time, a horrible, horrible hurricane swept through the Florida Keys and like decimated that whole area. And it's not something we really know about in history, but it happened and caused a lot of problems. So we kind of see this whole hurricane unfold through the eyes of three women. We have Helen, who is a waitress. Um, She's very heavily pregnant. She is not in a good marriage and she's really trying to figure out like how the rest of her life is going to go. And she decides to eventually leave her husband and she ends up in the Florida Keys um, just as this hurricane is getting ready to wreak havoc. Oh dear. We also have Merta who is a Cuban refugee um, who has married a man that she doesn't know And she's not really sure if he's a good person or not. Um, Maybe he's a gangster. Maybe he's not. um, She's just not sure. But marrying him was her only choice if she wanted to get out of Cuba safely and come to the U.S. We then have Elizabeth, who is is in quite a bit of disgrace. She comes to Key West from New York City, hoping to reconnect with her brother. And she wants to visit these terrible veteran camps where all these men who served in World War I were sort of put to keep them away from Washington because apparently when people came home from World War I, they were treated very badly. They weren't paid the way they should be. They were not given um, mental health care or even like physical health care. And they were just kind of shipped off to these places and made to do kind of menial labor just to sort of keep them out of the way. And Elizabeth has reason to believe that her brother is there. So all three of these women, their paths intersect in some kind of surprising ways. Um, There are hints of romance for each of them, although romance is definitely not the focal point of the story. This is just so so worthwhile to read. Um, It shows us a piece of American history that we don't know about. And I think it's something that we should all know a little bit more about because it was a a terrible, terrible thing. So this does not relate to her um, next year in Havana or when we left Cuba books, but it is so excellent. And it again is The Last Train to Key West by Chanel Clayton. It comes out on June 16th. If you can get it in auto, the narrators are absolutely amazing. So now let's talk about something completely different. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not depressing, but delightful. In the words of Monty Python, it's something completely different. <laughs> so I was introduced to um, Talia Hibbert, the author, oh. last year. And I'm obsessed with her books. I love everything she's written. She tackles a lot of really relevant, um, I don't want to say issues, but relevant um, topics or subjects. Topics isn't the right word, but I can't think of the word I want. Um, Her book that's coming out on June 23rd is called Take a Hint, Danny Brown. And I have been waiting for this book since last year when I read Get a Life, Chloe Brown. So Danny Brown is, or Danica, she's one of the three Brown sisters. We were introduced to them um, in Get a Life, Chloe Brown. And she is an academic. And she is very driven um, professionally and academically. She's a PhD student. She's working very hard. You know, if she could have like a little conquest every once in a while, a roll in the hay to kind of break the tension, that'd be great. But 
no romance for her, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, doesn't matter the gender, it's just a big bunch of problems for Danny Brown. But one day, a new security guard in her building named Zaf, who is a former rugby person, rescues her from a fire drill gone crazy. What? And, yes. So I don't know if they really thought there was a fire, but it was a fire drill that went wrong. And um, so he's pretty hot, and she thinks he's pretty hot, and she really, really would like him to be her next, like, friends with benefits person. However, his rescue goes viral on the internet, and um, he really needs her help because he has a children's charity that he works with um, because he used to he used to be a rugby player, and he has this children's charity, and he really could benefit from them being in a fake relationship because he like saved the Ooh. day and rescued the damsel the, yeah. you know, the, from the the burning building that wasn't burning. And um, the thing is, she's like, okay, well, I can do this fake relationship in public and in private, like seduce the crap out of Zaf, the rugby player. But what she doesn't realize is even though he's really grumpy, he's like a total like soppy romantic on the inside. Um, and he's going to teach her that maybe there's more oh to gosh. life than, oh you know, I know. And then, but what's also interesting is as he's working to kind of like sweet talk her into like a true relationship, he has walls around his heart that are as thick as his thighs. <laughs> So he also has things he has to work mm-hmm. through. That's exactly what it says. As thick as his. I right. laughed so much when I saw that. <laughs> I know. Wow. And Talia like, Hibbert. I know. And Talia Hibbert to me, I mean, she really does not shy away from addressing, you know, relationships with people from different cultures, relationships um, with people with disabilities. She wrote two different books. Um, one girl has um, autism in one series, and in an, in um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown, she has like pretty severe um, oh 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 um, chronic pain, fibromyalgia. Yeah, she has fibromyalgia. Yes. yes, but the way that this author goes into it, I mean, people with chronic pain are not usually the like main character in a romance novel. And I mean, it's not beautiful. I mean, she's, she's got a lot to work through and there are some days where she can't get out of bed and some days where she's fine. And Danny Brown, her sister, I mean, she kind of just kind of loves who she wants to love. And, um, (laughs) it doesn't, it's not about the gender for her. It's more about the person but also she just has had some really bad romantic encounters and I just can't wait to read this book. I've been excited to read it ever since I saw that it was coming. And, um, I just, the Brown sisters are really interesting and have a lot of like interest, like their stories are all not just on the surface, shallow. Talia Hibbert does not write shallow, frothy romance novels. She really gets into some pretty deep, um, subjects. Yeah. Yes. And her writing is just really, really wonderful. So take a hint. Danny Brown, June 23rd. Yay. I know. It's the I only book say, that is it coming out on the ninth. I would say that um, she is one of the most beautiful yeah. authors of contemporary romance that I have read in a long time. Her books have depth and breadth and the characters are not just um, shallow, fake cardboard cutouts. You no. know, these she writes about people in real life situations who are, um, you know, dealing with some pretty significant things, but they're not in a way that they shove them down your throat. Um, the and way it's that all, she, all different body types, all different. Yep. I mean, it's not like different ethnicities. I mean, it's, yes. it's really, but she doesn't shove it at you like, Oh, it's cool to write about different, you know, um, let's try to put it all in a book so that we yeah. seem trendy and interesting. Like, she really does the research and she, it just she seems like writes, she. I'm oh, sorry. Go. Sorry. No, go. You write. You're I was good. just going to say she writes in an inclusive way that does not feel like she's trying to hit all the buzzwords. It's like her honest way. And I've, I've never read an author quite like her who's quite as genuine and lovely.
So then my last pick is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. And it comes out on June 30th. And I'm really looking forward to this book. It sounds really good. So it's about a woman named Noemi. And she has been asked by her father to go to a place in the country. Um, this is taking place in Mexico. And she's been asked to go there because her cousin has written a letter to her to uh, Naomi, Noemi's father just telling him that she's got some significant mental health issues going on or maybe there's something more sinister happening at the estate where she's living. Um, her cousin has just recently got married, so she's living with her husband, an Englishman um, named Virgil, and she's living at this estate. So Noemi agrees to go, and she takes off and does that. And then when she gets there, she realizes her cousin's not doing too well, and she's not really sure yet if it's um, actual mental health issues or if it's um, like something else happening. So she tries to get, she's wanting to get to the bottom of this. So she wants to send, for example, send her cousin to the doctors, but the family refuses this. The family is very controlling and very like very particular about things. Um, in the blurb, it describes them as a cross between the Manson family and the Adams family, which really, <laughs> really intrigues me. So Ooh. I'm quite intrigued by this description. Um, so this family is, as you can see, very interesting. So ne Noemi has to work around them. And the only person in the home that really seems to want to help her is the teenage son. And he doesn't, he's kind of like at his own interest and stuff, but he's willing to help out Noemi. And together, they're hopefully going to find out what's going on and whether the, and try to get the cousin to a safer spot. So this is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. And it comes out on June 30th. Ooh, so I love yeah. gothics. I've been following her for a while. I mean, not following, kind of like looking at her books for a while. So this next book I'm going to talk about is by an author that I always talk about. And she writes new adult novels, which I know the twenties don't like. Very much, <laughs> <but> Sorry. <laughs> I think they should try these because they are awesome. So this is L Kennedy and this is the dare. Briar U University 4. And this is actually Connor's story. I am so looking forward to it. I've been waiting for his story for a while. I'm so happy it's coming out. And I really like this one. I'm looking forward to this one because this one is about a sorority, which uh, in my college, there was no sororities or fraternities. So I can't say I have personal experience about what they're like. So I love reading about, you know, I'm sure the embellished idea of what they are, which is cool. So this story is about a nameless woman. We don't actually know her name, which is great. <laughs> and she, her whole point of going to college, she kind of has this ugly duckling complex and she wants to spread her wings and kind of, you know, I guess college is kind of the opportunity to figure out who you are and become who you want to be, I guess. No. So she gets into this sorority, except lo and behold, she has such a hard time fitting in. Now she's in a sorority with the meanest mean girls on the planet. Yay. Oh. But Yuck. when her Kappa Chi sisters issue a challenge, she can't say no because she really wants to fit in. Connor Edwards is the hottest hockey player in the junior class, and the dare is for her to seduce him. Now, this is a girl that's not very confident. So for her, this is a crazy, you know, this is like really hard kind of out of her way out of her comfort zone times a hundred. No, now Connor Edwards, he's a regular at parties and he, she expects that he's going to give her a second glance because girls like her are not the girls that he usually goes for. 
except Mr. Popular, rather than laughing in her face, throws her for a loop and lets her take him upstairs to pretend that they're getting busy for the dare. <laughs> and now what gets even crazier is that he loves games and he wants to keep pretending. So, and he thinks it's fun to pull the wool over her frenemy's eyes. But <laughs> resisting his charm is damn near impossible. And there's much more to his story than his fan club can see. And so this woman is going to have to figure out what's going to happen because the longer this silly ruse goes on, the greater the danger of it all blowing up in her face. And yeah, <laughs> I am so <laughs> looking forward to this. This is coming out June 16th, 2020. This is The Dare, Briar U by L. Kennedy. And I just have to say, isn't it funny the things we found important in college? <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have reached the end of this monumental June books <laughs> episode. Epic. Thank you Lively. to Stacy, Kristen, Brooke, and <laughs> Stacy, Kristen, Sarah, and Brooke for joining me tonight and talking about all kinds of fantastic things out in June and just all sorts of fantastic things in general. And thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for the amazing hard work she puts into each of these episodes that you listen to. And we want to thank all of you for joining us as we discuss all of the books that we love and the books that we hope to love future. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.